The content presented in this podcast is for educational and informational purposes only. It does not constitute financial advice, and listeners are encouraged to consult with qualified financial professionals before making any investment decisions. The views expressed on the show are that of the guests and the host and may not be the same views of LaSalle Street Securities or LaSalle Street Investment Advisors. Welcome to Investing with Integrity, the podcast dedicated to BRI, Biblically Responsible Investing. In each episode, we delve into the world of BRI, where we prioritize values over just financial gains. We believe true wealth encompasses the well-being of individuals, communities, and the world. Join us as we chat with industry experts, advisors, pastors, and more, sharing insights into BRI's core principles. We'll explore how companies are evaluated for ethical inclusion, ethical industries, and the impact of shareholder activism. Of course, BRI has its challenges and will openly address them, offering tips on how to navigate these challenges while staying true to your values. Our goal is to empower you with resources to make informed, value-aligned investment decisions. If you want a portfolio that aligns your financial and moral goals, Investing with Integrity is your podcast. Let's discover how wisdom, principles, morals, and integrity can shape a purposeful approach to investing. Join us in exploring how faith-based values and finance can coexist harmoniously. So get ready for this transformative journey where we prioritize wisdom over worth, principles over profit, morals over money, and integrity over it all. Welcome to the Investing with Integrity podcast. I'm Jeff Tellerico, your host. And today we are honored to have our special guest, Jason Meyer. Jason's the executive director of the Eventide Center for Faith and Investing. It's an educational initiative of Eventide Asset Management. Now, this initiative is designed to help Christians understand and practice biblically faithful investing. He's also a founding member of Eventide Asset Management, which is an investment firm providing values-based investments that are rooted in a biblical worldview. Outside of his work at Eventide, Jason serves as a fellow of the Center for Faithful Business at Seattle Pacific University, and he also facilitates the Capital Stewardship Hub of the Kirby Lang Center for Public Theology. Now, I've had the pleasure of knowing Jason for several years, and it is really, truly my honor that he is here with us today. So, Jason, welcome to the show. Uh, delighted to be with you, Jeff. Good to see you again. Happy to be here. Well, good. We are so glad you are. Listen, we um, we we kind of like to start to have some fun with our guests. So the first thing I'm going to say is just want to know something about you that not too many people know. What would you like to share with the audience today? Oh, man. Um, I feel like my personal life is not that interesting. But uh, I guess one thing I'll share is if you've if you uh, have ever taken personality tests, if you're familiar with, let's say, the Enneagram test, I am on their scale a four or five. So what that means is I, I tend to have an artistic personality first, and then that's the four, and then the five is the deep researcher. So uh, the way that that kind of comes out is I tend to be pretty passionate, and I tend to see the, the world in a very ideal sense. So maybe you'll see some of that in my personality come out today. Well, for, for those of us who know you, like I do, I see that as a perfect fit. The research that he has done to talk about faith-based investing and why the Bible tells us, or how the Bible tells us to invest, 
has been absolutely eye-opening for me. And it's been really good to have in my career, having even tied in and Jason in our corner, teaching us how to do this right. So Jason, tell us a little bit about your background in the industry, how you got started, where you are today and how that all happened. Yeah. So I, I sort of, uh, just by God's providence ended up in the finance industry. So I, I in college, I didn't study finance. I actually studied engineering and I ended up pursuing uh, an advanced degree in the Boston area and ended up connecting with a group of believers through church that ended up starting a mutual fund company. So an investment company that was really guided by a biblical worldview. So I, I sort of, I sort of feel like I fell into it. Um, and I look at that as, as, you know, God's, providential leading, but it, it was an unconventional route for me. And so because I didn't have a finance background, the way that I slotted in is I said, hey, I don't really come with a, a formal education here. So let me let me just go out and try to tell people about it. So I started in a sales capacity, just going out and talking about how to connect our faith and our values with the way that we invest. And then I moved into a marketing role after that because I was really passionate about how how that story was being told and then from marketing i went into an advocacy role which was basically like a public speaking role a brand ambassador role where i was out uh, addressing audiences on on faith and investing and finally that that has culminated into this this center for faith and investing at eventide where it really is a dedicated education space where i'm trying to help christians understand uh, God's story and how to connect that to, to the way that they invest. So with that, what do you think the biggest challenge is trying to get Christians to understand how God wants us to invest? Yeah, that's a really excellent question. And I, I've spent many years, uh, puzzling about this and, you know, one of the, probably one of the biggest things that I've become convinced about is that in some ways, our reading of the Bible uh, fails to take us into the area area of of investing. So, I think you know, for many committed Christians, we are we are really solid on things like who Jesus is and and what his what the incarnation uh, was about, what his life was was what his life and teaching were about. The, the meaning of his death and resurrection and how that atones for our sins and, and, and sends us into the world in a new way. But sometimes it, 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 it doesn't take us into uh, places to understand, let's say, how we should think about businesses um, and how we should think about businesses that we're investing in and how to think through businesses that are more or less aligned with our faith. And one person uh, has remarked, that in some ways we've been equipped as Christians with a church view rather than a world view. Okay. So a church view really understands that uh, it, it really, it really understands things like personal devotions, sharing our faith, uh, doing uh, Bible studies and prayer meetings, volunteering in mercy ministries, going on short-term mission trips. We have like, we're very, very well-versed in all those things. But, and so that's kind of a church view. It's a, it's a view of the world uh, that understands really well, like our, our role in the church, but it doesn't understand really how to go into culture and bear the gospel or to, to declare to the world Jesus's kingship 
for example, over the realms of things like art or architecture or education or scholarship or science or technology, or as we're kind of talking about here, business and investing. And so, so what, what, I, what I have been trying to do is to really uh, try to equip Christians with a view of the whole world as being the domain of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, and that he has sent us into the world not only to recover his lost children from among the nations and to reconcile them back to their father, but to also declare Jesus's kingship over the whole creation. And to say that, you know, presently he is the king over finance and Wall Street and our investing decisions ought to declare that kingship. They ought to look different as a result of, 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 of God's initiation of the recovery of his world. So, so that anyway, that's, that's what I feel like has been missing is the biblical story speaks to all of this. But in some ways, we read our Bibles with just a very narrow view of God's God's atonement for sin and not the implications of that for the whole creation. So that's the, the nemesis of why you started doing what you're doing then and teaching people more. Now, I think it was during COVID, you actually did a seminar that we had done uh, that you offered to advisors throughout the country. Um explaining investments and, and teaching from when it started to where we are today. And, and that had an impact with a, with a very little Christian overtone to it, but it was enough to pique the interest of people out there. And I think that that was the starting point of really the Eventide uh, Center for Faith and Investing, was it not? Yeah. Yeah. Some of those thoughts for sure. For sure. Um, yeah. So I believe it was you you're talking about the kind of the history of investing that I went through there and Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I think that was one of your you know, first... one of the one of the one of the first presentations. Yeah. I think I think uh so yeah, as far as that topic goes, you know, if you think about your average person and their knowledge of investing, a lot of people feel intimidated by investing. It, it just, it feels so sophisticated. There's all the numbers and the metrics and everything and the charts. And, you know, we you and I, Jeff, take it for granted because we work in the industry, but there's things like metrics like alpha or beta or R squared. Most people have never heard of this stuff. And they just feel like, I, I it can't understand that. I would have to go and get a finance degree to understand that. And so there's a, there's a kind of sophistication that is over top of investing that keeps most investors at arm's length. And, um, you know, if you can get, if you can take a look behind the numbers, investing is actually something very ordinary and mundane that all of us can understand. So it really is as simple as, you know, behind all those numbers, investing is about supplying money to support businesses. And in exchange for that, what you get is ownership in that business or the rights to, to share in any of the profitability. So it's a supply of capital that supports business. And then the returns that we receive are flowing from the profitability of that business and their success. And so investing is really this decision about, about what businesses you want to support and profit from. That's, that's really all it is. So you don't really need a finance degree to, to comprehend investing, you, you actually just need a more common sense understanding of what kind of businesses do I want to own and profit from? 
And then, so that's the finance side. And then, you know, of course, we want to connect our faith to that. So, so really, we want to say, uh, we, we need to understand not only investing, but then we need to say, like, well, what kind of businesses ought I to invest in as a Christian? What, what type of businesses would be good businesses as, as viewed from God's perspective? Which businesses, which businesses would be inappropriate uh, businesses to invest in as a result of, of God's story? So, so anyway, that, that's, that's kind of what I think we, we went into a little bit in the presentation, kind of without maybe the Christian part, but just trying to explain how did investing come about? What is it exactly that's happening here? And how can people understand investing in such a way that it engages with their deeply held beliefs, values, commitments, faith, vision for the world, et cetera? So the, the term that is out there today, biblically responsible investing, uh, faithful investing, stewardship investing, impact investing, it's all the same type of investment, doing what should be done for the glory of God, right? Yeah. So if you had a look at that in and of itself, biblically responsible investing, how does that play into your everyday, what you do, not only with Eventide, but with the Center for Faith and Investing and, and making that resonate with other advisors, maybe not even believers? Yeah. 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 So I think there's a way. So, so I'll just biblically responsible investing. Generally, the, the hallmark of this approach is that it understands that we are morally responsible for the investing decisions that we make, that God holds us to account for these, these companies that we're investing in and profiting from. It takes seriously certain scriptures that talk about, for example, um, there's, a, there's a lot of verses in the Bible or a lot of uh, scriptures in the Bible that talk about a concept of ill-gotten gain. Um, so it's, a, it's kind of a, an expression you don't hear a lot in the church today, but it would be uh, ill-gotten gain would be a profit that we receive that is ill-gotten or it's an unethical profit. Uh, other translations of that would be um, uh, profits by violence, profits by injustice. Today, we could describe it as just an unethical profit or a bad profit. So there are verses around this. And, and basically, it takes seriously some of the Bible's warnings against participating in these, in these profits. And, and it, it basically engages with our Christian intuition to say, does it really make sense that as a believer, I would be profiting from things that seem to be in stark contrast to biblical righteousness. Okay, so, so essentially you can look out over the business landscape and there are businesses out there that just do not, that, that, do, that do not line up with Christian sensibilities and convictions. So the, the big examples here would be, um, there's kind of five big areas that get talked about a lot. So companies that are involved in, in abortion in various ways, companies that are involved in pornography, uh, tobacco, gambling, and and the alcohol industry, and um, and so you can actually invest in these businesses and and earn profits from these businesses. And does that make sense from the standpoint of what you believe and your knowledge of God's God's holiness and righteousness, and and your calling to reflect Him in the world? So that's the, kind of the basis for for biblically responsible investing is this decision point to choose not to participate in these ill-gotten gains or these, these unethical profits. And I'm a huge, huge fan of that, of that 
uh, line of thinking. All of these, all of these approaches that the, all the different terms that you mentioned are essentially motivated by, as you know, it's coming from a Christian place. We would say that they're motivated by this desire to honor God with our use of money, and and I think that this 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 decision to forego any of the prophets, they may be very attractive prophets, but any of the prophets that would come from from those from those industries is an expression of Christian conviction. It's an expression of our distinctiveness in the world, our desire to be set apart and holy, and our desire to honor God above all. And so, so I'm a, I'm a big fan of that. I also, uh, you know, one of the things that, that I try to do is to, is to also not just talk about what we ought to avoid, but to really think deeply about what type of businesses we want to invest in. Okay, so so you know, investing is the act of of investing in businesses, and so after we've swept away certain industries that would would strike us as kind of these obvious areas that we ought to exclude, where should we be investing in? What would be the opposite of the bad, right? So what would what would actually be instead of businesses that would that would bring God's displeasure and and one day his 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 judgment and wrath? What businesses would actually in some ways be, be businesses that, that God would, would be excited for us to be investing in. What businesses are really worthy of the sons and daughters of God or worthy of the kingdom of God? And that, that's a harder question, right? Because it's sometimes easier to define what we don't want to be investing in than what we do. And so it, in order to get at that positive vision for, for business and investing, you really have to, to, to look at God's, God's intentions and purposes for the world um, from the very beginning. So you really got to go back to the beginning of your Bible and kind of dig in there, which we can get into that some, some of that stuff if you like. You know, that it does set the precedence, though, for what your firm does. I mean, Eventide, your, your tagline is investing that makes the world rejoice. And I truly think that you guys do a fantastic job in doing that because it is. It's what you're saying, what you just said. It's it's finding companies that are doing right, that are doing good. And your unique way of doing it is you have uh, something called Business 360. And you guys look under the hood of all these companies, but you take it out further than that. You look at supply chain. You look at who, who are they doing business with and who are they doing business with? Uh, what are they doing for their communities? You want to touch on that a little bit and, and tell how that's uh, really helped Eventide secure this investing that makes the world rejoice? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so. You, you you understand Eventide very well. It's clear that you've uh, spent some time working with us over the years. Yeah. So yeah, th that's that. That's right. That's that vision of of you know investing should actually um, extend flourishing and goodness and blessing into the world. Um, not just remain pure from the world's contamination, but actually be a catalyst and an agent for for goodness and blessing and flourishing and all those things. So the way that we, the way that we have, have uh, gotten at this in terms of how we evaluate companies is there's really, if you think about a business, there's, there's kind of two main things that you need to be aware of. Um, the first would be their product. So what is the business actually producing? Um, and is that product good? as judged from a Christian point of view. 
Okay, so the product of a business, what a business makes, that's a really key thing that you have to kind of figure out if you're going to be serious about, about uh, investing in businesses that align with your, your faith. The second thing is, so the first is how, what are they making their product? The second thing is, how are they making it? So their, their, their practices, you know, businesses are actually social enterprises where many relationships have to come together. So you've got to have, there's obviously customers, but then there's the workers and there's, that's a huge group of people. And there's management teams um, who are overseeing and setting leadership and all and uh, strategy and all of that. You've got the suppliers or the supply chain. Um, that's a, a, essentially an outsourced labor force helping you manufacture your product. Um, you've got the communities that the business is based in. So the businesses are always situated within a local community and they will have an impact on that community positively or negatively. Um, we don't often think about this, but God's natural creation, so the non-human creation, the, the natural world, is always a partner to business because we cannot create things, especially physical goods, uh, without using the natural resources of creation. And from a Christian point of view, we were entrusted with stewardship over, over God's creation. And so the, the, the natural world is part of that. And then society as well will be impacted by a business, positively or negatively. And you can, you know, you can think about the headlines this week, for example, with um, social media being a bit under the, the spotlight, because we're recognizing that, that a social media business doesn't operate in a vacuum. It has an impact on society and in people's lives, right? So this is the, to the total picture. You've got a company's product and then all of those relationships that come together to make that possible through the practices of a business, uh, encompassing customers, employees, suppliers, communities, the environment and society. So, so really we, we call our approach Business 360 because it's trying to take that holistic 360 degree view of what a business is, is making and how, they're, and how they're doing it. Um, and we're trying to think through uh, these different dimensions from a Christian point of view. So we're trying to ask, is this product that a business is making, is it a good product? You know, one of the things I like to point out uh, to people is that, you know, at, in, within business, we, we describe the product of a business. We, we, we will use language sometimes of goods and services. And the language there, goods and services, like how did that come about? It came about because people said, hey, the product of a business needs to be good. And the product of a business needs to serve the world. It needs to be a service to the world. So are the products of business goods and services? Or are they, we could say, bads and disservices, things that don't serve the world well, things that are not good, things that we cannot describe as being positive, uh, meeting human needs or advancing the world in some way. So we want to think very carefully about a product, and then we want to look at the, the operations of the business and say, how are they treating their customers? D does it exemplify a service orientation? Um, how are they treating their workers? Do, do employees actually have good jobs? Um, what is that like? Um, would we want to be an employee at that company or have uh, one of our children work there? With suppliers, what is going on in the supply chain? Um, is it something that we consider? Uh, with Communities, is that business a, a blessing in that community? Or, or do they extract value from that local community? 
How are they using natural resources? Are they demonstrating uh, stewardship there? And then what is their impact on society as a whole? So th that's, that's a lot of work that goes into that process, but, but it's all in order to help those that in, invest with us and, and, and through, through uh, group, groups like yourself, Jeff, to help those investors know that they're putting their money with businesses that aren't just poised to be profitable or successful, but businesses that actually um, we're using our moral discernment and businesses that actually represent good businesses, businesses that we could be proud to be uh, investors in, businesses that we wouldn't be ashamed to, to display to Jesus if we kind of take them on the tour of our portfolio, um, and, and, and businesses that we feel like um, honor God's, God's entrusting us with his world to, to steward it, that we're actually using capital, investing in businesses that are, that are, um, that are uh, good examples of that stewardship responsibility being executed. So from a financial advisor side, I do have to say thank you because you do make our job very easy. When I can sit with a client and say, what are some of the dislikes you have? And what are some of the likes that you have? And know that by using one of the mutual funds that you guys offer, that work's already been done. And I can feel confident. I can put my head on my pillow at night knowing that I have really put them into something that, that is pure and holy, if you want to call it that, and, and know that it's for their best interest. It, it's fulfilling their need as well as, like you said, I'm going to put this portfolio in front of Jesus. What's he going to say about it? He's going to, he's going to say, well done, good and faithful servant. I love that. So that makes us feel really good on our side of the house. Let's talk, let's change direction here for a minute and talk about performance. That seems to be, and has been for 30 plus years, the big thing with when you, when you go into a niche type of um, investing and biblically responsible, but investing has taken that wrap going, the numbers aren't good. It's too expensive, so on and so forth. You want to touch on that and, and give Eventide's view of uh, debunking that myth? Yeah, yeah, sure. I always like to lead off though, by just, just let's let's frame performance in christian terms here so so what what actually is good performance we have to remember that at the end of the day when we give an accounting for our lives the the, the, the we will not necessarily be giving an account for all of the riches that we stored up on earth right we're going to have to give an account as to whether we were rich toward god as 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 jesus talked about whether or not we have actually grown our treasure in heaven. And this is a very evocative uh, uh, image that, that Jesus gives us here. And sometimes I just feel like we, we don't think about this, you know? So, so for example, um, we, we tend to not, we, we, we talk in the industry, Jeff, about something called total return. This is a financial term, but it's, it's basically, if you added up the growth of your investments, plus any of the dividends that they paid, that would be the total return. And I'm always wanting to ask Christians, is that the total return from a biblical point of view? Because I actually think it would be something like <laughs> righteousness plus growth, plus dividends, plus treasures, you know, riches toward God. Um, and, and this is, this is a, of course, that's really what we should be striving for. And there's a, there's somebody, um, uh, that, uh, that I, that I know who, 
uh, Mitch Anthony, he's, he's, he's in the, the kingdom advisor world, if you're familiar with that. And he, he's got this expression, which is, which is a little bit humorous, but he's, he's spot on. He says, um, you know, we have the, the S and P 500 or the standards and the standard and Poor's 500 is this benchmark that people use for performance. And he says, uh, if the standard and Poor's is your standard of performance, then you have a poor standard. And it's a, it's a memorable expression there, but he's, he's exactly right. Um, the benchmark should not really be for the Christian identical to what it is for the world. We need to be thinking with a much more expansive vision of our responsibilities to God and what he's called us to. And, and it, and it is the case that, that, that our performance, financial performance experience may differ from the world, right? So one other thing I'll say here is, in, in Revelation, we have this picture of, of Babylon. If you've, if you've read Revelation, you'll, you'll be very familiar with this. And it talks at one point about the Babylonian economy, okay? And so Babylon in the book of Revelation is, is a type of, of world economy. And there are, there are things that are, that are happening in the world system of economy that are described in Babylon. And the, the warning to the churches that John receives from, from his revelation from God is is it, he says come out from her uh meaning uh, this babylonian system of of economy come out from her my people church lest you take part in her sins lest you take part in her judgments okay so we just need to realize that there is a warning about 100 percent wholesale participation in the practices of the world which is fallen right so we have to be really careful here in other words if there was a babylon 500 would that be a good benchmark for christians no it would not be. So, so let's just, let's just be clear that total return as is talked about in the world or, or just the performance of every company that exists in this good, but fallen world, that's just not the right benchmark for us to think about. Now, this is not to say that we don't care about excellence, right? And about generating a good return on our investment. And why does this matter? It matters because the dollars that we have, they represent the resources of creation. You know, everything we have is very precious because God's world is precious. And so we, we shouldn't be reckless with this money. We shouldn't waste it. We shouldn't squander it. We should understand that we should put God's resources to productive use in his world, to enlarge the beauty and goodness of his world and to advance the, the kind of biblical flourishing that, that has always been his design from the very beginning, right? So, so performance matters because we, we want to be careful with those resources and we need and we need to understand that it is a good thing to try to multiply them with righteousness. OK, so so that's a that's a long setup here. Now, let me just actually address uh, the the performance question in in strictly financial terms. I mean, the good news here is that um, there's been lots of studies done on this. It does not appear on the whole that that engaging one's one's theological commitments, biblical commitments, it necessarily involves financial sacrifice. It's a bit of a mixed picture. In some in some cases, you'll see that it, yeah, if you avoid investing in cigarettes, and cigarettes are a great money maker, you're you're choosing to to opt out of those profits, and you may do a little a little worse than your than 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 your neighbor down the street who doesn't have that conviction. Um, and who invests in that industry. But then there are other times where um, the performance breaks the other way. 
And, and, and you, you, there's, there's studies that show that under certain conditions and time periods, engaging these biblical values um, actually outperforms the, the secular competitors and benchmarks. If you, if you step back and look at it on the whole, the, the results are, are fairly comparable between faith-based or biblically responsible portfolios and traditional portfolios. Um, and so I don't think that people should be scared away on the basis of like, am I going to lose all my money or something like that? I mean, of course, investing involves risk. It always does. There, there's, there's tons of stuff that we have to be careful of there. But the studies, don't. I just feel like don't bear it out. And then one thing I'll, I'll say is that I'm of the, the mind, and I'm, and I'm actually in a pretty small group here, but I'm of the mind that, that God has designed the world to operate according to his ways. And that when we operate in harmony with his ways, that's actually the path of wisdom. And, it's, and it tends to be the path of, of success in life as well. The, the, the wisdom literature of the Bible upholds this, that, that, that the righteous are operating in the grain of reality and the wicked are, 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 are basically working against God's world. And they all, and, 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 and we, we have these, these scriptures that, that talk about you reap what you sow, right? So if you sow righteousness, you tend to, to reap the good life. And if you sow wickedness, you know, you, you, you are essentially reaping destruction. So I do think there is something to this, that to the extent that we can become even more immersed in, in the way that God sees the world, that this can actually help us as investors. It can help us to avoid businesses whose business practices are ready to blow up because they're operating um, with unrighteousness. And businesses, and, and conversely, it can orient us toward businesses whose practices are sustainable because they operate in accordance with God's ways, right? So they, they demonstrate love of neighbor, which is something that is not just righteous, but it's wise. Um, and, you know, if you're thinking carefully about the products of a business, products tend to do well when they meet human needs, real genuine human needs there. So anyway, I, I, I just want to throw, throw a note out there to say, I don't think the studies show that you have to sacrifice returns. Um, but also I think that there can be an, even an advantage um, uh, in terms of bringing your faith into how you evaluate businesses. So I think there definitely is a kingdom advantage by oh, for sure. investing the right way. And to me, that outperforms anything that we'll store up for ourselves here on earth. And those are the conversations that I, I mean, I truly have those with our clients and very seldom do they say, well, my neighbor owns Microsoft and Netflix and they're killing it. And I look at them and say, so do you want to produce pornography? Do you want to do X, Y, Z? No. Okay, then. And they truly understand it at that point. So that helps a lot. Hey, listeners, hope you're enjoying this Investing with Integrity podcast with our guest, Jason Meyer. So far, this interview has gone really well, but it went really, really long. So what I'm doing is breaking it up into two different sessions. So please tune back in in two weeks. That way you'll get to hear the second part of Jason's interview. He's got a lot of great information coming up the pike. So enjoy it. Hope you're having a wonderful day. God bless. Thanks again for listening. You've been listening to the Investing with Integrity podcast with your host, Jeff Tellerico. 
Tune in on the first and third Wednesdays of every month to hear from other advisors, industry experts, pastors, and more as we discuss biblical thoughts about money and investing. If you have questions about the show or want to find out more about BRI, send an email to jefft at lasallest.com. Remember, this journey is all about putting wisdom over worth, principles over profit, morals over money, and integrity over it all. God bless.